for this morning. I like this song because it talks about the Lord walking with you every day in the salvation of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and one of these days, He's going to call me home. And I'm going to be with the Lord. But yet I'm... And the song is one I sing all the time. It's called Sheltered in the Arms of God. I feel the touch of His hands so warm and tender. He's leading me in paths that I must try. I shall not fear, for Jesus walks beside me. For I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. So let the storms rage high. The dark clouds rise, it won't worry me, for I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. He walks with me, and none of earth can harm me. For I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. Soon I shall hear the call of heaven's portals. Come home, my child, the last smile you shall try. Oh, that trumpet shall sound, and I shall appear in glory. But I'm forever sheltered in the arms of God. So let the storms rage high, the dark clouds rise, it won't. Worry me, for I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. He walks with me, and none of earth can harm me. For I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. Thank everyone. Speaking of teamwork, that was great teamwork, and uh, had the instruments going there. Thank you, Brother Ronnie. And uh, just a second, uh, I'm going to invite uh, Brother Jeff up here in just a second. He's given our testimony about faith promise this morning, and I just want to first of all start off with, you know, this morning's message is about walking on water. <laughs> And how appropriate for this com- this weather that we have here this morning. Walking on water. Uh, I invite you, everyone, to stand for the reading of God's Word. Matthew chapter 14. 
And, and the verses are the story, very famous story to a lot of people. Maybe you've not read it in a while, but this is a pretty awesome story. Walking on water. I'm not going to read it all to you because we'll cover it throughout the message as we look at it. But what I would like to read as you stand there, uh, just kind of in respect for you know the reading of his word, uh, I would like for us to read uh, verse 26. We'll read verse 26 and 27. Matter of fact, I want to invite you to read along with me. I'll, I'll lead and you follow. Just uh, speak out. This, these two verses are pretty powerful. All right. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to look at an awesome passage about faith and even a great faith, but also how they overcame a failure. And Father, help us whenever our faith wavers. Help us whenever our faith is not as, it's not as strong as it should be. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm going to invite Brother Jeff to come up and uh, just share with us uh, two things mainly. Uh, and that is, faith promise is a principle, not a program. And But the two things I invited last Sunday, uh, uh, we had Brother Rodney share his testimony. And how has faith promise, when we started this five years ago, how has it blessed you as an individual, Brother Jeff, and how do you think it's blessed our church? To kind of start off... Uh... When uh, when I started going to church here, I didn't I didn't give, and uh, somebody told me this this one thing, and I've always thought of this, and I because I always made this excuse about well you know right now I'm starting out I'm married and and I got bills and I just can't afford to, and this is what I was told you cannot afford not to give, and uh, so I've kept that kind of philosophy and when. When I've talked to somebody about, uh, what do you give back to God? And they say, well, you know, right now I just can't afford not afford to. And I say, well, you cannot afford not to give back because what you have belongs to God. And um, so I found out through my, uh, my life that uh, as I give back to God, uh, He gave back to me. Now, you know, I may not got... Uh, I may have thought, well, you know, maybe I need a little more, but I got exactly what God wanted to give back to me, and I have to be uh, satisfied with that. Uh, to live in the will of God takes a lot of faith, and uh, and in faith, it takes uh, some time. I mean, you know, we sometimes we have trouble giving of our time, and uh, but I figured out that the more of my time that I give back to God. Uh, the more He blesses me. And uh, so when we started Faith Promise the first year, I didn't participate in that. And uh, maybe I still had that old attitude that, you know, right now I really can't afford to do that. And uh, I really don't know. I don't have a good answer. I'll just tell you. I don't have a good answer for that. 
Uh, but the next year, I took that on. And, uh, and it has really blessed me knowing that part of what God has allowed me to have has been able to be used to further His kingdom, whether it's in other countries. Uh, I tell you, it's a big blessing, uh, especially when Brother Glenn comes in and he talks about uh, his ministry. And knowing that part of our faith promise buys the fuel to get him to where he needs to be. And, uh, you know, and that, that just is a blessing to this church and is a blessing to me. And, uh, and I'm, I'm proud to say that, uh, that I took that on and I, I, I placed my faith in that. And, uh, and, and God, He just continually gives me back more than what I can give him. I mean that's and and I falter sometimes. And I you know, and I um you know, I think well, you know, I just I just can't do any more. But God's gonna tell me, yes you can. And I'm gonna leave you with these words and these are not my words, but this is how God works. This morning our Sunday school lesson, we were going through it and in my commentary, this is what it said. It said, uh, take some risk. Uh, God will guide you. Give more generously and God will supply. Love more and freely. God will energize you. Uh, say can do more often. God will amaze you. And those are some powerful words there. And I'm telling you, I have been so amazed by what God can do. And watching and seeing what our missionaries can do because of what we do through Faith Promise. Thank y'all. Thank you, Brother Jeff. And just a a quick uh, summary. If uh, maybe you've joined our church since we started Faith Promise, or maybe you just uh, missed the uh, the kind of the summary before about Faith Promise. And basically, this is just a, a simple way to give a little above our tithe in order to help missions. And all of it goes directly to missions or in support of missions. And and what it, the way it works is, is this, is you just pray about it. If, if Of course, if you're married, preferably you'd pray together about it and uh, pray about what to give above your tithe. Also, if you're not currently, if you're a church member and not currently tithing, we ask you not to participate in Faith Promise, but just to pr- just to pray about between you and God, uh, whether to tithe or not. And the Lord will help just lead you and guide you in that respect. Um, but you, two ways you can do it. If you tithe right now, you can give a separate cash offering and put it in one of those white envelopes there. And that goes directly to Faith Promise. And uh, it's Phyllis to take care of it. And also, you could write it in a memo of your check. Uh, say your tithe was $100 and you just gave $5, put $5 for uh, Faith Promise or whatever the amount is. When we had the cards turned in, a lot of them were $1, $2, uh, $5 per week, and so on and so forth. There weren't really a huge amount of big ones. They were all uh, average amounts, you know, $20 here or there or wherever. And it all added up. Did you know just in our two mission efforts, our two biggest ones, of course, are Belize and, and um, the Philippines. Did you know that if you add up just, you know, we give to seminaries, other missionaries, but if you just add up our offerings to Belize, 
and the Philippines. Uh, uh, 900 to 1, 1,100 to other, that's $24,000 a year. Just for those two. Just for those two. And uh, then we give a lot of one-time offerings. And so it's pretty neat. And But, hey, it's not about somebody, us, you trying to, anybody, God or anybody asking you to do a lot. It's all of us giving a little. And it's amazing when you give a little extra to God what he can do with it. All right. Uh, speaking of faith promise and looking at the subject, a leap of faith. Certainly, this is a leap of faith this morning, and uh, looking at this subject, uh, walking on water. Uh, <clears throat> the famous story of the Apostle Peter, they had had a, a tremendous success uh, feeding the 5,000. That was the miracle that's, did you know it's the only miracle recorded in all four Gospels? You know, the Gospels harmonize or agree together. And the only miracle recorded in all four Gospels is the feeding of the 5,000 right before this scene of walking on the water. Now, so basically this, you know, whenever you're doing a lot at church, you know, church can wear you out. You can uh, just do a whole bunch of stuff, volunteer, uh, teach, do this or do that. We Everybody should, you know, be participating in church and all of that, but... You know, volunteer, find a niche. Say, I'm going to volunteer and get this. So I can't do everything. You can't do everything. But you can find a niche, find a spot, and say, I need to plug in somewhere. And you can help, whether it be in Awana, whether it be in Sunday school or Sunday night Bible study, plug in. If you're not currently plugged in church and participating in some area, you're missing out. You're, you're basically, it's kind of like treading water. You're, you're surviving. There's more to it than just surviving. We need to go from surviving to thriving, okay? That's what we need to do. And But so many Christians just survive instead of thrive. You must plug in. You must get involved somewhere. And so as we look at this story, Jesus, you know, is planning a lesson. He already knew the storm's coming. And he... he uh, Verse, uh, I want to back up, <clears throat> verse 20, said they all ate, man, they were all fed, and then they uh, had 12 baskets of food left over from feeding 5,000 people. That's in verse 20, which is a proof that, uh, matter of fact, we're scriptural uh, this morning, uh, we're having leftovers for lunch. I don't know what y'all are having for lunch, but folks, this is leftovers. Leftovers are scriptural, Okay. And so don't, I mean, I met some person one time that didn't ever eat any leftovers. I said, how do you survive? And because uh, leftovers are scriptural. But he said, hey, listen, guys, I know you're tired. Head, get in the boat, verse 22, get in the boat and head over to the other side of the lake, all right, the Sea of Galilee, even though it's called, it's called the Sea of Galilee, but it's a lake, okay? Many in this church have been there, all right? <clears throat> And straightway, Jesus told his disciples, get in the ship, go on the other side. He sent the multitudes away. Even Jesus needed a little time. What a great example. In uh, verse 24, the ship was now tossed in the midst of the, or excuse me, 23. Uh, he sent the multitudes away, and he went inside to the mountain apart to pray. And, uh, and I just want to talk about that getting ready. And uh, in my introduction, just want to fly through it real quick. 
basically the famous verse that you ought to know by heart by the end of this series, and that is Hebrews 11:6. but without faith it is impossible to please God. Also, it says, talking about the testing of our faith, did you know the Bible says that uh, in uh, James chapter 1, it says that uh, the trying uh, or tribulation and trials worketh patience. Now, and a lot of people have talked about that, about, uh, well, man, I don't know about praying for patience because if you pray for patience, that means you're going to have problems and trials. But if you look up that scripture that I have for you in your outline in the book of Luke, did you know that the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. So did you know that you can increase your patience? Did you know that? Your patience can get less. Some of you, have you ever heard anybody say this or have you ever practiced this? Man, I'm just running out of patience. (laughs) I'm just running out of patience. I have no more patience left. You know, and some of us have that. Or maybe you experienced it this week with something. You might have experienced it with somebody, family member, on the job, or wherever. I'm just out of patience. You know, what does that mean when you say you're out of patience? Basically this, you know, you're about this far from either breaking down or blowing up. (laughs) You know, that's literally, when you run out of patience, you're that far from breaking down or blowing up. But did you know this? Just like your patience can go up and down, did you know your faith can too? Your faith is... You know, we've often compared it, and I've shared the seesaw effect, and we see it here, faith is the opposite of fear. When your fear goes up, faith goes down. When your faith goes up, fear goes down. It's a seesaw effect, and several times, and both times, including a storm, Jesus talked about that. And listen, matter of fact, Jesus said, all you need is a little, just, but you take that little faith and you put your faith, it's where you put your faith. Because did you know if you put your faith in people, that people can let you down. If you put your faith in things, you know, you can put your faith in a vehicle, and a vehicle could let you down, but you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible says you can move mountains. Move mountains if you just had faith as a grain of a mustard seed. And so faith is, can grow, get bigger, get smaller. And matter of fact, that's what this test is here, is about faith. Did Jesus know there's a storm coming? He did. When he sent them away, uh, it's happening. And just looking at Jesus here, number one, I need to take time aside and give that time in prayer to God. That's verse 23. And so let's head on over real quick. And uh, the part number two, what happens when a storm hits your life? Let's look at verse 24, 25, and 26. What does it say? But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, Tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. Uh, You know, whenever I was studying this, and I put it in the outline for you, you know what it says? It says when they were in the midst of the sea. Now, that's kind of interesting. It kind of jumped out at me while I was studying this. And uh, I've been in many places and uh, in life where I really didn't know which way to go, right or left, up, down. I, I just don't. Have you ever thought about that? You're, they're halfway across. Do we keep going or do we turn around and go back? I mean, think about that. Many times you in your life have been in a spot 
where you didn't know, do I keep going? Do I go back? How far do we go? I don't know. Where are we located exactly? I'm not sure. But it's, I don't think the Bible let, gave us that little information for no reason. I think the Bible gave us that information specifically to let us know that whenever you're in the middle of trouble and you don't know which way to go, you can't do like the famous Yogi Berra. You know, they call them yogiisms. And uh, those famous Yogi Berra quotes, you know, when you come to the fork in the road, take it. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, uh, you, guess what? You can't go both ways. You've got to make up your mind. And a lot of us, whenever we come to the faith in the road, take it. Take what? Put your, but where do you put your faith? Where do you put your faith when you come to a fork in the road? That's really the, the question. You know, it says that they were, I don't know what to do all that. You know, and, and I, there's some great little odds and ends right here in the Bible for us. I hope you're keeping your Bible open because we're just going to dig down into every verse. Notice it says that, you know, of course, we know many commentaries and probably you have a footnote in your Bible that Jesus was walking on the water to go to them in the fourth watch of the night, which is about 3 to 6 a.m. So if there's a storm happening and it's still dark outside and it says all of a sudden they see this figure walking, they, it says they were scared, <clears throat> they were upset, they cried out for fear. And, you know, think about this, the storm's happening, the only light source, they didn't have a spotlight on the boat. They didn't have a, a flashlight or ever-ready batteries. I don't even think they make ever-ready batteries anymore. But, uh, you know, they didn't have any of that. The only light they had was lightning. I mean, all of a sudden they see lightning, lightning, lightning. And guess what? They, they're seeing something not in the water, on top of the water, walking toward them. Oh, my goodness! Look at that! Oh, what is it? What is it? I'm upset. It had been famous. You know, there's famous scenes. Matter of fact, some commentators said they <clears throat> they were headed toward the uh, scene where Jesus had... And matter of fact, there were legends about spirits down in the deep of the Sea of Galilee. And it didn't help any whenever Jesus cast a thousand demons into a bunch of pigs and they ran off into the sea. Okay? So they're all upset for whatever reason. And here is this figure walking on the water headed to them. We know one thing, they are what? Scared. <laughs> They're upset whenever we're scared. And by the way, we, some people may not know you're upset. Some people may not know you're uh, uh, fearful, but the Lord does. He knows exactly what's happening to you. Verse 27, but straightway, and in other versions, I'm sure it says it differently, because that's an old English word for immediately. You know, whenever they started freaking out, I don't think it was five minutes of freaking out. I think it was like 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Oh my goodness, what's happening? Oh, you know, they're going out, they're going crazy. And Jesus says, what does the Bible say? Because we can rest assured in that. Straightway, immediately, Jesus spoke up. Very calming words. What does He say? Hey, Cheer up. Hey, hey, listen, it's okay. It's me, Jesus. I'm here. And folks, I've had times in my life, and I guarantee you probably many of you have also, where 
you felt a calming peace during a time, and it may be something that you could not explain. Maybe it wasn't a feeling. Maybe when you were going through a rough time in your life, you got a phone call or somebody showed up. Somebody offered a prayer at just the right amount of time. Something happened to encourage you. Maybe it was somebody. I guarantee you the Lord sent The Lord's never too late. He's never too early. He's always right on time. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. You know, and this is uh, where I call a great opportunity. You know, to <clears throat> many of us have had opportunities, and, and maybe it was a business opportunity. And uh, an opportunity to do something for the Lord. Now, this is a neat opportunity to send a Christmas gift. You can slap in a tract or a Bible. Also is included in there. You need to, did you know they want you to print a picture of yourself and uh, put that in there with a letter. Those kids, whoever gets that, and if you print out that sticker or put that deal on there, you'll get an email of where that thing goes. You know, that's a simple opportunity. Some of our church have had opportunities to go on mission trips. Some in our church have had opportunities to go work at this warehouse here in Hamburg. That's not very far to do foreign mission work. You can do foreign mission work right here in Hamburg. But this is an opportunity. You know, he said, hey, it's me, Jesus. Peter said, yeah, right. He said, Lord, notice it says, if it be thou. If it be thou, bid me come on the water. In other words, hey, can I come out there with you? And it wasn't even, I mean, not even a millisecond. Jesus said, well, come on out here. (laughs) You know, that's the way we would say it anyway. He said, come on. He did. So I can just imagine, you know, Peter, I often wondered, how did he get out of the boat? I mean, did he say like, okay, guys, well, hang on to me. Hang on to me. Wait. Hmm. Uh, did, hey, that's actually working. Oh, wait a second! Don't let go yet. Get the other foot down. Hey, whoa! This is pr- pretty good. Okay, you can let go now. All right. Or you know, I can just see that. That's kind of like. Have you ever tested the waters? Many of us test the waters. Or or did he say like you know when Jesus said, "Hey, come, let me." Whoa. Great! This is going to be awesome! Whoa! Did he do that? Did the water kind of like sponge underneath? What was it like? Had anybody else walked on water before this? Then this is, you know, a lot of times in a Baptist church we say, well, we, we don't need to do that. Why? We've never done it before. Well, let me ask you this. Jesus is doing this. Had anybody ever done it before? No! And matter of fact, whenever he gave Peter the invitation, had that invitation ever been done before? No. Had, had Peter ever walked on the water before? No. So, so it's, it's not ever, that's not ever good logic or good reason to say we've never done it that way before. So we jump, he gets in the water, whether it was slow or whether it was fast, okay? We don't know exactly, but guess what he did? He got out of the boat. And folks, if you want to walk on water, you can't stay in the boat. Whenever our church or you as an individual have opportunities, is there a risk? 
<laughs> That's right. There's always a risk. There's always a risk. And, and did you know this? Did you know, did, have the disciples ever, remember when they tried to get the demon out of that son? They said, we can't do it. He said, well, you get on this kind comes not but by prayer and by fasting. So guess what? But at least they tried. You know, and they said, you know, whenever they were on the storm and he said, and he got up and said, peace, be still. And he said, why are you scared? Why are you doubting? But at least they turned to the right person. What they, they went to Jesus and they said, hey, Jesus, wake up, wake up. He was tired. Imagine that, the Son of God, tired. But guess what? He was in a fleshly body. So it did get tired. Matter of fact, did you know Jesus' stomach growled? Did you know that? Did you know he did everything? He, he sweated. You know, the Bible says he sweat not only regular sweat, he sweat what? Great drops of blood. I mean, he's, I mean, this fellow, he's hungry, he's tired, he sweat. He did everything, yet without sin. And here he's doing something supernatural and is allowing Peter. But folks, guess what? Nobody else got in the water. Nobody else got in the water. Sometimes we ridicule people in our church or around us whenever you see them make a great leap of faith. Well, it looked pretty foolish to me. <laughs> Imagine uh, Barnabas saying, Thomas, do you see that? Why don't you go in there? I ain't getting in there. <laughs> I'm not Simeon. Tim, come on. You know, James and John, you know, they're just like, they're probably back there arm wrestling or something. I can't believe what's happening. I don't know what they were saying, but none of them got out. I know that. I don't know what any of them said, but none of them got out of the boat except for Peter. He does catch a lot of flack. <laughs> but he did, he had an opportunity, and God opened the door, and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Oh, by the way, I think, I don't think when he got out of the water, or excuse me, got out of the boat in the water, whew, this is cool, this is awesome. I don't see how you can get away from not walking on the water and being impressed, okay? That's pretty cool. So he's walking on the water, how far did he go? The Bible doesn't tell us. The Bible does say one thing. It says he's walking on the water going where? Going to Jesus. He's headed out there. All of a sudden. Oh, by the way, this tells me something. Everything in your life can be going great. And then you get your eyes off Jesus. Whoa. That big old storm broke, I mean, excuse me, wave broke over right then wait a second it's got to be at least two or three hundred feet deep out here i could drown i could drown he got his eyes off jesus but this is the interesting thing it says it this way in the king james version it says it and it's right in their original language it's really it's real simple but sometimes we miss it it says he was beginning to sink you know what beginning means it means it got up to his ankles. When it, when I mean, it didn't you think he's up to here? No, no, no. Don't wait till you're neck deep in trouble to call on the Lord. That, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's mm, you're talking about plant, cutting it too close. The Bible says it. It's right in there. Beginning to sink. Just starting. I mean, just starting. Ankle deep. I mean, he, he, he doesn't waste any time. 
And he call, he says, Lord, save me. And the Bible says this also. Jesus immediately grabbed him. So, folks, I can do this on my own. I don't need any help. Man, I'm going to appear like, I don't want people to think I'm struggling. I want people to know that I'm hurting. I don't want people to think that I'm this or I'm that. But so many times you will try it in your own strength. You won't call on the Lord and you won't wait till you're ankle deep. You'll wait till you're knee deep, waist deep, chest deep, neck deep. Does the Lord want us to wait till we get that deep in trouble? Not according to this example. Not according to this example. It says beginning to sink. I mean, right when it right when it slipped, started slipping over his ankles. And the Bible says immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, "Oh, by the way, this is uh, you know why why was uh." Why was he? Why did he sink? A lot of people say that he he sank because he took his eyes off Jesus. But did you know that's really not what caused him to sink? If if we just take what the Bible says, what does it say? O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Which tells me that whenever problems hit, which tells you can be serving God, the Bible says locked on Jesus and problems will happen. People uh, do things, do this, do that. I mean, the world will call you names. The world will make fun of you. The world will say, why are you doing that? You're just a little bit carried away. Why don't you just take all things in moderation? Just go to church on Sunday morning. You don't have to go any other time. Don't get plugged in like Brother Michael was talking about. Don't do anything extra because then, you know, that's a little bit overkill. And But guess what? No matter what people say or do, when you look at problems, just go, if he had just went right back to Jesus, just go right back because problems are going to happen. People, things are are said. The world says stuff. But he began to think. And the Bible tells us why. He was afraid. And his faith began to waver. And he began to doubt. Well, lastly, in closing, you know, this was basically like a storm. And they both got into the boat. They, When he caught him, guess what? I remember uh, teaching Taylor to ride a bike, which I, I believe I taught all three of them. To ride the bikes and remembering all those times and where we were and and everything and you know and you remember whenever you was teaching your kid to ride a bike and you were running with them and you was holding on the back seat or whatever it was and you're going along and then you don't let them know that you let go. Hey, I'm pedaling. This is great. Yeah, Dad, Dad. Ah. <laughs> there they go off to the side. You know. But, you know, whenever it's kind of this in reversal, he's thinking the, the, the bicycle's going over, Jesus reached out, grabs him. Guess what they did to get back in the boat? They had to what? Walk back to the boat. So it's, everything's great when you know the Lord's beside you. 
And when they got in the boat, this is the cool thing that happened. Anytime you've been through a tough time, anytime you go through a rough time in your life, it should always be followed up with worship. Did you know that when Noah got off the ark after a year of being cooped up with a bunch of stinking animals, guess what he did? He worshipped. When Job lost everything he had, guess what the Bible says he did? He went to church and worshipped. And when uh, Jesus and Peter got in the boat, what does the Bible say? Verse 33, Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. Folks, no matter what you're going through in your life or what storm you've been through, turn to Jesus, call on him, and then worship. Maybe you're right now <clears throat> right now, maybe you're uh going through a tough time in your life. And when we have this hymn of invitation, I want you to just sing quietly and listen for that still small voice inside your heart. And you may faintly hear the words, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. As we pray together, Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for this time to see that even when storms hit, that you're there. We may not be able to see you immediately. It may be overwhelming at times. But dear Lord, we do need to feel your reassurance to know that you're there for us. To hear those words. Be of good cheer. Be not afraid. It is I. No matter what we're going through. Dear Lord, especially whenever you help us through it. May we worship you because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.